You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. The new book by Rick Wartzman is The End of Loyalty, The Rise and Fall of Good Jobs in America. Thank you for joining me, Rick. Thank you. A hundred years ago, many of the corporate titans started out creating what you call welfare capitalism. This sounds like an oxymoron to me, <laughs> but it's also, as you describe it, it's really the beginning of the American dream. It is. Companies offered great pay and perks to their workers for many different reasons, some to keep union organizers at bay, some because they wanted to make sure employees had enough money in their pockets to be able to buy their goods and keep the economy humming, Uh, some because they feared communism and socialism taking root. There were all kinds of impulses. But yes, that was the beginning of the American dream. In order to uh, prevent what they foresaw as a massive depression after World War II, when 52 million men and women would be returning, wanting a job and needing a job, the corporate titans got together and formed something called the CED. Talk about what that is and what they did. Right. So the Committee for Economic Development, which was formed in late 1942, uh, was a business group that by today's standard would be considered very liberal. There is really no parallel. Um, And they saw their first mission as trying to do post-war planning to uh, help their own businesses as well as businesses including small and medium businesses across the economy uh, plan well so that they could create enough jobs and good stable jobs with good benefits for all those uh, military folks returning home. They did that and for a while in the 50s we have what you really describe as a golden age and I think one of the things you do well is to create these, at the beginning of your book, you create these four corporate characters. Uh, so tell us about each of these corporate characters who lead us through this narrative of 100 years. Right. So uh, my book focuses on four companies, all instrumental in the founding of the Committee for Economic Development, General Electric, General Motors, Kodak, and Coca-Cola. And in different ways, uh, the story ends up being largely the same, which is that, again, through this post-war golden age, really from the late 40s to the early 1970s, you see for their workers, both uh, those on the front lines, factory workers, all the way through their middle management ranks, that all boats really were lifting. There was increasing compensation, pay and benefits, uh, and good stable working conditions for all of those people. One of the things that Uh, what came out of this was this kind of social contract. And the most important part of that social contract, I think, for people was the the pay was important, the benefits were important, but what was really important was intangible security. So talk about how the corporations used security and, and, you know, the somewhat the myth, in a sense, of, you know, the lifelong job. Yeah, so the lifelong job is a is a bit of a myth. People still changed career or jobs anyway during their career quite often in the 1950s. It was not uncommon for a man to maybe have eight, ten, twelve jobs 
uh, over uh, his career. Uh, but often the shifting occurred early, and then they would be at a one employer for you know twenty, thirty, forty years, um, and so that that sort of is the lifetime uh, employment that people talk about. And when they did switch jobs, the big difference from today is it was often because they wanted to move, and that fluidity is actually good in the economy, but not because they were being shoved out the door, which is often the case now. Inflation and uh, the economic uh, rebirth of Germany and Japan and, and the companies we'd bombed <laughs> into submission during World War II played a big part in this economic uh, rebirth. Uh, but, but what happened was there was one – there was a shifting of priorities that used to identify as a central element in the undoing of the social contract between the corporations and those they employ. What is that one um, factor? So, you know, as you say, there were all kinds of reasons, the decline of unions, globalization, the shift from manufacturing to knowledge work, automation and technology, all those play a part in the unraveling of the social contract. But the gasoline on the fire (laughs) is this profound shift from uh, CEOs, corporations that had a stakeholder mindset. They were going to take care of uh, their workers, the communities they operated in, their customers and their share owners to a mindset now really began in the mid-70s and has just accelerated through time uh, of maximizing shareholder value. And when you explicitly put shareholders above all these other constituencies, that all the other constituencies do worse and especially workers have done worse. Do you think there could be another golden age or if not the exact same kind of golden age we had, do you see some of the opportunity for a different sort of golden age that might be more uh, involve more equanimity? I do. I think that we have to move back in that direction. And I think some companies, corporate leaders are beginning to realize that unless we share prosperity more broadly again, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Capitalism itself may be in trouble. There was a uh, poll done out of Harvard last year that showed that uh, less than half of young people believe in capitalism at this point. Um, these were American uh, young people. That is an astounding thing. And so I think some corporate leaders are greatly concerned. We're not going to go back to the golden age, but we can do a lot better than we're doing now. The new book by Rick Wartzman is The End of Loyalty, The Rise and Fall of Good Jobs in America. Thank you for joining me, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.